it feel like New Cross, it feel like Deptford, it feel like Woolworth, it feel like Kennan, it feel like Brixton, it feel like Dulwich, it feel like Catford. This is South London Hardcore. I think at this point in the uh, show, Steve, we should just clarify that you're not Gary Bushell, because people are going to see your picture <laughs> and they're going to go, this is a bit rich, Mr they, Bushell. <laughs> they're going to think it's just me trying to position myself ahead of Jim Davidson. In the... You see what I've done there as well, I've just sort of probed in that when people look at the picture, I'm the tall, handsome, blonde. That's fine. And you're the uh, short, handsome... Uh, They'll be there. looking at the picture going, which one of these guys is one-eighth Russian Jew? Surely yeah. not Gary Bush or one left there. No. And so, and right. The great thing about the photograph of us is uh, I think we both look handsome. Yeah, we look alright, don't we? Yeah. In the centre of the Elephant and Castle itself, you've got a large stainless steel uh, cuboid and all, I think would be uh, <laughs> the correct shape. So obviously, I, I think cubicle. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's a large, essentially, steel box with a lot of uh, concave panels on it, which as a child uh, baffled me. This this massive thing in the centre. You just of... assume it's a power station, don't you? I uh, see. Mini I was, power station. I was told as a child it was Doctor Who's house. <laughs> Ambush. <laughs> I was assured by. Uh, you know, up to that point, trustworthy adult, that that was where Doctor Who lived. Is it not? We were looking to find the ultimate song about South London, weren't we? Initially, Steve, you had Network Southeast by Black Twang. And I thought I'd made a huge discovery. I was like, he mentions like four different places, not just one place in South London, he mentions four different places in South London. And I didn't tell you about it straight away because I wanted to spring it on you because I was like, Jack's going to be so pleased that I found a song that mentions four different places. He's going to be blown away by this. I've, you know, I've made the show. I've saved the show in a lot of ways. And I explained this to you. And I trumped you, Steve. You, you, the thing is, you, you were so kind. Because really, you could have just like, you know, like Martin Keown with Rude Van Nistelrooy. That's a terrible reference and no one's going to get it. You could have yeah. jumped in my face. Do you remember that when you missed the penalty? Yeah. I did. But we yeah. Come back. Yeah. Um, yeah, you were very kind. You simply pointed out to me that the four references in Dead Works Up is good, but you found a song with... Many, many more. Some more. When we, uh, when we were going to put together a playlist of South London songs, the first thing that sprang to mind was Southside Rhythm by the Southside All-Stars. And it's, it's from, I think it's from about 2004. Um, it was you know, the golden age of Channel U, Steve. Absolutely. And it was everyone from the UK. Magical time. Everyone from the South London grime scene, kind yeah. of led by Nicky S and Nike. Um, when I say South, you say Runtings. South? Runtings. South? Runtings. So, <laughs> but in Nike, it's impo- it's diff- very difficult to count how many references to South London there are in the song, but... When you told me you were going to try and do that, I, I, I think I said to you, there's no way you can do that. I've gone for just Nike's verse. Nike representing Stockwell, obviously. Yeah. 53 different place names in 40 seconds. That's incredible. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a comprehensive breakdown. Yeah. So on the track, you've got Nicky S and Nike, Remedy, Bonesley, Hyperactive. I'm naming these people as if I've heard of them. 
Welcome to South London Hardcore, episode six. I'm joined, as usual, by Steve Walsh. Hello. And uh, our first guest, Louis Peckham. Is this meant to be in the evening or the afternoon? (laughs) (laughs) Go on, you're, you're ignoring our no, no, work. No, just say, just say. Because I'm not putting your piece of work, is it? No, but I want to know if I can say that like, good evening or good afternoon. <laughs> Follow Steve's lead. Just say whatever you want. Right. What time is it now? It's 10 to 6 now. <laughs> happy, happy 6 o'clock. <laughs> it's not 6 o'clock yet. Happy 10 to 6. Does that all stay in? Yeah. Oh, that's got to stay in. That's, you know, yeah. that's very much the reason why we got Louis in, isn't it? Yeah, um, Louis, they're making the same mistake as other people, thinking that podcasts are live, and you can listen to them while they're being recorded, as opposed to the fact that you can listen to them at any point. Not doing it. Well. Where are we going, Steve? I don't know. Where do we go next? Don't look at my notes. <laughs> you said we don't need notes. You need to introduce who Louis is. Why are you peering down on? Right, so Louis, yeah, if you could just say hello, and then Steve, you introduce who Louis is. Yeah. Why okay. can't you start again? You can. Access. Yeah? Okay, let's start again. Start again. So. It's evening, yeah? <laughs> Whatever time of day you want I'm just to speak. I'm going to say hello. Welcome to South London Hardcore, episode six. I'm Jack McEnroy, and I'm joined, as ever, by Steve Walsh. Evening. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, didn't I? I had to. Were you affected by Wikipedia blackout? I was, actually. Do you know what I was looking up? What were you looking at? I was looking up um, if Hotton was the name of the fictional village near Emmerdale, and there was a blackout. <laughs> Did you find out? No, I didn't go back and check that next day. I was trying to find out the difference between the ranking of cast members of Saturday Night Live to send you a gag in a text. I had to guess. I think I got it right. I got it right, didn't I? Yeah, I didn't get the joke though at first. That's fine. I didn't realise you were referring to it's SNL. It's because Wikipedia was down. You didn't have a chance to check it. But it really uh, occurred to me that day, like... How when we talk about the internet, a lot of times we mean Wikipedia. We? <laughs> yeah, we go. I'll check yeah. on the internet. You, you mean Wikipedia? When we say Google, we mean Wikipedia. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you Google things, and the first thing that comes up is the Wikipedia entry for it, and then you click on that, and everything you need is there. I only use Google because the Wikipedia search engine is not very good. <laughs> yes, I, I, I type in Wikipedia Hotton, and it takes me to the Wikipedia <laughs> Hotton page. But when we went recently, Lakeisha insisted that we go and get fish and chips. I just say insisted. It makes it sound like I don't like fish and chips. I love yeah. fish and chips. Drag this guy to fish and chips. Uh, the great British chip shop. See, that straight away tourist trap, isn't it? Yeah. That's the thing. They trapped me. <laughs> it was horrible. Undercooked chip. You know, undercooked chip, hard chips. And they run out of everything. The place was a mess. You know, there was just like chips everywhere. They'd run out of stuff, but they'd manage to get everything all over the tables. <laughs> if I say to you that a woman we work with, who spent her time in the staff room, in <laughs> Europe's biggest bookshop at the time, with a chance to read anything in the world, pretty much is available. You know, you've got a lot of things to choose from. Chose to spend time in the staff room reading a crisp packet. <laughs> Could you put a name on it? Potato. <laughs> Um, he is now a store manager. No. Yeah, isn't that incredible? Which store? I can't say, because that also gives away the game. At the start, one of the awful gimmicks that they give the characters is Matt Damon can't sleep 
unless he listens to Derek Jack we read in uh, Charles Dickens novels <laughs> and again when the girl comes round he's got a picture of Dickens on the wall and she's like who's that guy is that your granddaddy because that's Charles Dickens <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah that's yeah. funny man. but they establish very firmly Matt Damon's character if, he, if there's one thing you need to know about him the guy loves Charles Dickens all he does is listen to Charles Dickens mm. think about Charles Dickens so when he comes to London he goes to Charles Dickens' house and uh, there's a walking tour and the guide is taking him around the house and she's showing him the room. There's a, in, in Dickens' study, there's a picture on the wall and she's like, ask this rhetorical question. Does anyone know what this thing's called? Matt Damon mutters to himself, Dickens' dream. Because he knows. Because this guy, if there's one thing he needs to know about him, he's a Dickens fan. He loves Dickens. The woman... Who's Dick, doing Dick, the... Dick, 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 Dickens. <laughs> the woman doing the tour riding, you'd imagine, would also be a bit of a fan of Dickens. Anyone on the tour would be a fan of Dickens. So as they're going through the house, uh, she says, this is the desk that Dickens was using when he was writing his final novel, uh, The Mystery of Edward Drood. And the first thing that struck me was, and I'm not a Dickens expert, I like Dickens. You're not a Dickens expert? No, I'm definitely not a Dickens, not an expert, am I? Of course not. I'm not, I'm not qualified to do a walking tour of his home. I haven't got a portrait of him up in my house. I, I've read a few of his books, I like him, he's good. But I know that his final book was called The Mystery of Edwin Drood. No, they got it wrong. They got it wrong. And I'm watching this going... Overdub it. Well, this is my thing. I was like, I, I thought, I've misheard that. I've, there's no way. So I rewind it five times every time I'm expecting it to go... Oh, Edwin, Edwin, Edwin. And I was like... The, the great thing was as well, like, even if you're ignoring the fact that these people in the film would know it, you'd imagine in real life on the set, at least one person... Because it's not general knowledge, but I've done, it's enough that people would recognise yeah. one person on a busy film set is going to spot that and go... That's Edwin Drew, isn't it? Um, I used to have a framed picture of Armand Leonard up in the house, yeah. and someone in Lakeisha's family said, Is that Jack's granddad? <laughs> and I was like, No, my granddad was black. <laughs> yeah, the opening scene of the film is extraordinary and it's hilarious, right? <laughs> it starts off, um, it's all shot on like a camera phone. Um, yeah. And it's quite um, visceral, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's you know, there's kids doing recreational drugs, presumably in that underpass. Yeah. Um, and and filming it on their phones. And, like, you know, we are living in a day and age where people film things on their phones. And sometimes people commit heinous acts and film on their phones. Yeah. You know, happy slapping, you know, it, it's overplayed, isn't it, obviously. But it has happened. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, there were videos... Um, Apparently going up, you know that guy who got killed on Oxford Street. Um, That's right, yeah, a that was, month or two ago. Yeah, um, and that was you know people filming it and putting it up. I mean that maybe isn't quite the same thing. No. But, you know, it's kind of you know that's a kind of that is a, a thing now, isn't it? Filming yeah. on your phone. But um, you know, so they're doing drugs. Next thing you know, there's someone on a moped. They drive. They're going through Burgess Park on a moped, right? <laughs> um, With shoot, a gun. Yeah, With a gun. shooting a gun at a woman <laughs> pushing a pram for a laugh, and this woman gets killed. The whole, it's just amazing, isn't it? The thing that struck me in the film is there's not there's very few scenes outside where there isn't a crime being committed. He's no. either he looks out the window, looks out the window, and people are smashing up cars, or people are just heads. abusing people. Yeah, it should it, the film should have should have said thirty years in the future or something because it's post apocalyptic and it. He, he was tweeting and everything. He was putting a capital letter at the beginning of every word, like in his in his tweet. It's, I've never seen or heard of that before. No, Tyler, well, Tyler, the creator, does it. You know, the rapper. Yeah, yeah. So I just tweeted at him saying, look, you know, you might want to consider not capitalising every word in the tweet because it doesn't... It's incorrect and it doesn't come across well. And I genuinely 
was doing it to help the guy out. So he's obviously he's quite young and he's like 17, 18. Also, you made the point as well, this is his first sort of breakout thing. You said, this is going to be how people get to know you. Yeah, this is his voice now. Yeah. This is yeah. all people will see of him, is him, you know, and it makes him look like a div. <laughs> I didn't call him a div <laughs> at first. Call him a div. Not at first, him anyway. <laughs> but so he just started getting... Uh, he, got, he was really hostile about it. And I was like, look, I'm not trying to be horrible. What, he said, what was it he said to you? He called me a moist breath, Steve. Well, that was later, wasn't it? <laughs> Initially, he was like, <laughs> wasn't he like, shut up, you dickhead? That was his response. Yeah, yeah, with Which capital was... D. <laughs> He's met you. This is, uh... Yeah, but then it sort of escalated. And um, yeah, he called me a moist breath. And I said, I'm not going to have someone from Chesham call me a moist breath. <laughs> And he said he wasn't from Chesit and he's just moved there recently. I mean, it was ridiculous, the whole exchange. My favourite bit was when he said, uh, what are you talking about, Chesington? I'm from somewhere in West London. And uh, your reply was, uh, still nice to be that close to World of Adventures. It's <laughs> good for him, isn't it? And I think, again, he might call you a dickhead. But, uh, you know, at that point, the whole uh, exchange had deteriorated and it turned into uh, something it was never supposed to be. Oh. Just take my advice. I'm right. <laughs> I think you've missed a great opportunity to use uh, the show's tagline when you're doing the introduction. It's the living lick. It's the living lick. Is that a direct Ian Wright quote from... Yeah. It is that's... from uh, the Graham Taylor documentary. Yeah. yeah. It's the thing... I mean, so many great moments, just to go on from a quick tangent, but it's, it's South London, because right? we can come back to Ian Wright, who's uh, you know, obviously a very famous South London. It's a great uh, film for a lot of reasons. But the moment where Ian Wright declares that is the living lick... Just live with me. As a, as a young man watching it, I was like, that's what a great phrase. Wonderful. Yeah, it? It's a brilliant documentary. In that oh, it's just, yeah. Graham Taylor in the, uh, is it the, 90, the 90, 94 World Cup Come qualifying to, campaign? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he comes across as a little bit of a buffoon. And is it, who's it? Someone nil. I always get it Phil wrong. Phil nil. Is it Phil nil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the thing is, he comes across as a buffoon, but it's also made very clear, and I suppose, uh, just to go on a quick little thing, because this is what we have to talk about in every episode now, um, it's very clear that he knows what he's talking about, um, but the players aren't always listening to him. There's a great bit where he's explaining the best way to defend, I think it's defending headers at corners, and he's telling them exactly what to do, and the players are just looking into the distance, they're just like staring at each other, just like bored to tears. So sick of it. Then they cut to uh, the next game they play, and exactly the scenario that he's outlining happens, and they don't defend it properly, and the other team score. And like, it, the point comes across that Graham Taylor may have been dull, but he wasn't an idiot. He definitely knows about football. But mm. it's the start of you know money coming to the very players. Much so. Not very much so. <laughs> what's, the, what's the line? Is it very much so? Oh, it's the line. Uh, I want to say, do I not like that? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's a line. So endlessly quotable, endlessly quotable. But yeah, it's the living lick. Uh, is the one that we've chosen. That's Ian Wright with his mates at the uh, dinner table eating pasta and uh, bread. <laughs> bread roll. <laughs> bread roll. <laughs> he, like, does he break a bread roll as he says it? He might have do. It's just, uh, it's great. It's the living lick. There is a certain benefit to the fear of South London because it does stop people <laughs> it does stop people moving <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, maybe the idea would be for people in South London to not believe it because that, that the worst thing yeah. is people believe they live in crime and hell holes people believe they need to be saved from the council estate when it's actually like the st- statistics uh, don't, uh, and experience of actually being there don't back it up that it's a fear of crime rather than crime itself etc um, but people from a a village uh, in Buckinghamshire yeah, 
is it so so bad for them to think South London's a crime ridden hellhole <laughs> and uh, not inflating the rents of my you constituents? Do. You get the bears back. Yeah, no yeah. one's coming, <laughs> <laughs> and they're not in pits. They're, they're just wandering just around. Maybe, maybe we can say South, South London, crime-free, uh, most important, some of the most important literary hotspots in the history of European culture. But there wasn't bear baiting. Unfortunately, <laughs> some bears escaped, and, and they've been mating in the, in the sewers for 400, <laughs> 500 years. They're, they're, they're angry mutant bears. Angry bears. They were. They were. They, no. they particularly like the taste, the, the clean. Non-smoggy tastes of people from the countryside who have decided to move to to East Dulwich or wherever. Can I suggest a tagline? South London, we got bears. <laughs> Done in it. We're happy with that because we know there aren't bears. Other people can. They've got bears. Got bear bears. bears. <laughs> and from the cover of the Suffolk News, one of my favourite headlines in a long time. I'm going to have to show you the picture, Steve. Of course. Uh, Boss-eyed fire bandit bagged. One of the important places that I opened was Surrey Docks Farm, which we visited this Sunday. You you didn't enjoy it at all, did you? You I don't hate, like animals. I hate animals. There was a wonderful one where we, we talked about doing this for a while, and we'd been planning it in detail all week. And it was once we got within like 50 yards, you sort of went, oh God, I hate farms. You remembered. Well, I, didn't, I probably didn't blaspheme, Steve. <laughs> no, they stink, don't they? The thing is, I don't have a great sense of smell, so it was probably ten yards closer to it that I actually smelt the farm. Yeah, we walked down into you've described it as a pit. I don't know if that's how they describe it. Probably a yard is how they describe it. Where yeah, you, you you walk a down pen? into a pen. Yeah, let's call it a pen. But it is you do have to walk down into. I mean, it. even if you don't go down into it, right? If you're on the um, the kind of balcony area. Yeah. There's goats with their arms, arms, with their <laughs> hooves up on there, you know, getting fed by uh, human beings. Well, they jump, and that's surprising. Right the they jump on the, there's like little sheds, and they jump onto the sheds, and then they climb up to be fed uh, by uh, the humans. There was one incredible bit, I don't know why I find it incredible, uh, where there were two goats on a roof, and one literally butted the other one off the roof. And it's only, I'm it's sad about, I missed that. It's about a three foot. You were there. You were just like having nothing to do. No, with well, it. I think at that point I was looking. They've got a bookstore, yeah, and CDs and DVDs. I was looking. But I, really good, isn't it? At that point, I think I'd picked up a uh, Ludacris's Chicken and Beer, which they had a sealed <laughs> copy of. Don't know if that's if it was only farm related uh, album titles. <laughs> so, pet sounds. <laughs> Your old friend Steve Gilbert Dayer. I was going to talk about Gilbert Dayer. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Bishop of Peckham. Is that his... Uh, he's been called that. I've seen him. He's call been called that. a lot of things. Be, uh, Gilbert Dayer, uh, again, just to give people a, a clear review on the whole thing, probably most famous for his Miracle Babies. where And actually, I wrote a, a blog piece on him a couple of years ago, so we can probably put a link to that uh, onto the, the website. Um, Gilbert Dayer claimed to be able to uh, allow infertile women, or women who've been told they're infertile by, by silly traditional medicine, uh, to have babies. Um, and that involved uh, a series of healings and services and some money for him. And then a trip to uh, Nigeria where the woman would go away and have a baby. And would come back to the UK with her baby and would have a baby. People started to become suspicious when women were having like two or three babies a year. But then they're miracle babies. So who yeah. knows You know what the system is. Um, 
people's suspicions were further aroused when uh, Gilbert Dare's wife was caught stealing some babies from a hospital. <laughs> and at that point, the police very quickly put together what was happening, which was essentially Gilbert Dare was taking people to Nigeria, his wife was stealing babies, giving babies to his women and getting them back. Yeah, I mean, he's a human trafficker, isn't he? Yeah, essentially. But you own all of his books, Steve. I do own all of his books. How many? How many are there? Uh, there's four or five. I um, but in my defence, it's not in my defence. I'd, I'd have happily paid twenty quid for each of them. But um, basically, well, actually, we can talk about Gilbert Dare. You know, another uh, transgression on his part was he would when we worked at uh, a prominent bookshop in central London. Um, he managed to change their policy <laughs> on uh, the ordering of books customers. If you're a customer of a particular chain of bookshops. Yeah, Waterstones. Yeah. Waterstones. Uh, and you're wondering why you have to pay in advance for your book. It's because of Gilbert Dale. Because what Gilbert Dale was before with Waterstones, they trusted people. They trusted humans. People would order their books. The books would arrive and you pay for your books in. Gilbert Dale sent people in to order his books, which were ordered on firm sale, which means that the, the, the shop can't return them. So people were coming in ordering 10 or 20 copies of his book, not buying them, and I think Gilbert Dare's idea was, ah, if we don't buy them, they'll have to put them on the shelf, mm. and then people will learn about my works, which sort of happens. You would put them out, but eventually, obviously, they become, and again, there's a lot of industry drugs, dead stock, and they go on to the reduction thing. At that point, they're a pound each. For a fiver, I'm getting some of uh, the most ridiculous books <laughs> ever produced. Ah, I think on a later episode, Steve, if you could, uh, maybe we could serialise it. A prayerful believer is a powerful believer. A prayerless believer become a powerless believer. When I was younger, I didn't realise that Morley's was a department store. I thought it was somewhere. Chicken shop, didn't you? No, I thought it was somewhere. My grandma took me for punishment to get pillows. <laughs> it was so boring. It did not resemble a department store like John Lewis. It just was brown. Was that the traditional it had three levels. pattern in, in, in <laughs> households? Yeah, it has three <laughs> levels. Lakeisha, we're going to buy vests because yeah. you have been naughty. Well, it's just punishment. There was no, there was no toy department. Well, the Ritzy's nice, isn't it? That's, it's a sort of it's thing a rip-off. Where... It's, not, it's not blessed with that. <laughs> 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 it's another part of the regeneration of, of um, Brixton. I went there to see Harry Potter and my auntie. We were the only two black people there, so that tells you something about cinema in Brixton. <laughs> we, were the, we were the muggles. Mudflugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember when the McDonald's was first opened. We went there as a school trip. <laughs> well, for Corpus Christi, yeah, our school was about ten minutes up Brixton uh, Water Lane. <laughs> Jamie Oliver just got his Chibata wrap. And, and I was in year six. six. And he's a I was in year six, so it was um, the mid nineties, and we had we were yes, yeah, so we had finished Four year six. Just kicking off Britpop. And um, <laughs> I remember we finished year six, and we had won the like a football competition. So our reward was to go down to the new McDonald's. Amazing. And we were so excited, we bounced down the road. I just remember the time I went to Brixton as a kid. Oh, goodness, here we go. <laughs> right, I was, it would have been, I must have been 13 years old, because I had a size 13 shoe, yeah. Lakeisha, isn't there traditionally been an issue with places to sit down and eat? <laughs> so really, they're fulfilling the needs. That... Um, no, because, like Ooh. I tried to explain to Jack, I took Jack on the tour for Brixton because oh, you we went, knew did you? this pod. No, we knew this podcast was going to happen. So I said, Jack, you're not going to have anything to say, as we've now witnessed. And um, 
And I said, let me show you my Brixton. I emphasise my Brixton, okay? Let me show you my Brixton. Yeah, let me show okay. you the Brixton. Well, that's all I can say. Then we went to the opticians. What I remember is right? that we went to the opticians and then I went home. No, that's because it was raining. First of all, I told Jack we were going to the opticians because that's what we do in Brixton because it's the only opticians we like. It sounds like a magical place, doesn't right? it? Yeah. The opticians on the corner. And then I said, oh, my yeah, you'll find it. We'll put uh, a link to their YouTube advert up there. No, they're really good opticians, and and you want to maybe tell about, me how to say the name? I don't know. It's like Tony or Tony yeah, or it's Coney. the only privatized. Tony. Um, basically, <laughs> it's a, I've seen the video on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> they don't look great. It's a family-owned business. That's the thing, Brixton. There used to be lots of family-owned businesses, but now they've got spec savers around the corner. They're not doing that well. But me and my mum keep them going because you know I don't wear glasses at my age, so they must have done something well. And, um, so you don't need glasses, but you're still going in spy glasses just to keep them going. Yeah, we do. It's only, it's only six pounds fifty for an eye test. <laughs> so you're just going there for an eye test you don't need. <laughs> no, I go there to support them, and they give me my designer sunglasses at a good price. And um, yeah, so then Jack came because we were going to Brixton anyway, and I said, "Oh, Jack, do you want to see Brixton?" And then. Um, it started to rain, so he said, "Oh no, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry." And then he said the you know one question. He said the one. Then he, said, then he said the one question that you know that someone Jack claims to be quarter Jamaican. You wouldn't say in Brixton. <laughs> you wouldn't say. <laughs> this is me. People in our brace themselves for an outrageous question. I don't know what is this question's going to be. Is there any way you can sit down to eat? <laughs> no, no, no. Right. Just what? Lakeisha's la- lost herself in laughter. At the idea of being able to sit down and eat in Brixton. Me and my mum couldn't stop laughing that Jack became so angry at the fact that we were like, Jack, there's nowhere to sit down to eat. Isn't that because there's definitely loads of places to sit down and eat? No, because unless you want to go to McDonald's, KFC or Subway... Right. And he was like, I don't want that. I want Jamaican food. Like, no, that's, you not, don't. that's not the case. No, you're like, there must be somewhere to eat. So then we started right. Let me just say, just quickly, because I think maybe you should do your own podcast. Right? You won't talking. She's listen. a natural. Just listen. I said I lived it, so I'm giving my life. I know this is the most <laughs> stuff on Hockle you've ever listened to, right? Actually, I listened to the last two. Oops. I listened to the last two episodes. The one at the farm. And I went, to that, I went to that farm for an hour, and I was in it for one minute. <laughs> This is not Lakeisha, listen to me, listen. Leave us a comment on iTunes, yeah? Right, I said, let's go and get something to eat. Yeah. Because I like to go into restaurants and eat. I know what you like, Jack. I'm married to you. There's restaurants everywhere in Brixton. There's not, Jack. There's a cafe across the road. I I looked out the window with the optician, there's a cafe. So why didn't you go there then? I didn't specify the optician. I went home and had a pizza. Yeah, I love a pizza. But you wanted to see our Brixton, and no, you, for the for the many years that I I've didn't been know alive, your Brixton consisted of a spec I've never I've never <laughs> eaten in those cafes in Brixton. The thing I was is trying to explain to Jack, but you were aware of their existence. As, as again, we blink even, out. We're like blinkered right? to the non-Jamaican stuff. No, but the Jamaican, the Jamaican food places, yeah. Again, Jack, hold on, hold on, hold on Lakeisha, please let me finish the sentence. <laughs> the Jamaican food places—they have plenty of seats in Does all it, of them. Are they used? <laughs> Yeah, we can easily sit yeah, Apparently, yeah. Jamaican people won't accept that you can sit down and eat. No, because you take the food home. You don't go... Like, Jamaican people don't leave the house... Well, they never used to, <laughs> right? <laughs> you don't leave... Right, we would never used to leave the house. You don't okay. leave the house hungry. Yeah. Like, you said your granddad used to go to McDonald's for tea. You used to just sit there, Yeah, it? because he's already eaten. Why are you leaving your house to pay someone else for food? You've got food at home. <laughs> 
This is true. It's, that is I true. don't have Jamaican food in my house. No, because obviously not. But I'm saying then you take that food, you take it home. Why? Why can't, why can't no. eat out? You don't eat in those places unless you're like drug dealer who got no wife. We're recording in Leather Market Gardens. Uh, not oh, in Bermondsey, I suppose, aren't we still? Yeah. And we've just been to the Pie Mash uh, Manzies on Tower Bridge Road. The original. Yeah, the oldest Pie Mash still going. I don't know, in London? What, the world? Well, I think they, they call it the original Ian and Pie Mash shop. No, they're not. No? It's the oldest one that's still standing. Oh, right, okay. So I don't, I don't know if it's There's necessarily not the, first, the first one. But it's so. the longest standing. Yeah. And uh, what were your thoughts on it? Well, it's good enough for Roy Orbison. <laughs> it's good Possibly. enough for me. It's good enough for Roy Orbison to not object to a photograph being put up on the wall. I don't know if they cleared it with him, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, well, there's some debate over whether he's blind or not, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> if he is, then no problem. Stick him up on the wall, he wouldn't know. None the wiser. My favourite aspect of the visit was the actual space itself. It green feels, and cream tiles yeah it's just a very old fashioned traditional restaurant you can imagine sitting there at any point in the last but that's how you sell Pomash isn't it on the, yeah on taking people back to the past yeah because you're not really selling it on the taste are you as a food it's uh, not a forward looking food is it <laughs> so why why not sell it in old you know old style building and the people who are going for it aren't sort of going to be they're, they're going to be pleased they're going to be happy that it's in the traditional setting I, I don't really know who is going there to be honest who is what is the what is the core the demographic. core demographic is it's difficult to tell in that one because it was so empty yeah but the core demographic is uh, people whose parents told them that pine mash was the best food ever <laughs> <laughs> it's fast food and I mean the pastry is quite nice but it's tasteless the mash is just you know, I, uh, it's it, like the basic isn't it Today's was the, the best pie mash I've had. This is like the fifth go because I've, I've tried it so many times. Where we go, this is it's love. It's so it's nothing like it. And every time I ever thought it's been ranging from horrible, like fatty pies and just horrible tasting mash, to what we got today, which was uh, inoffensive. It's a plate full of solid that potato. Mass. Could not have been more bland though, could it? It was smooth though, wasn't it? <laughs> it was smooth. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> they lose points again though for presentation, don't they? Because they like pop a pie on the plate and then just get a wedge of mash. They sl- yeah, they, sort of they like use s- a wallpaper stripper to uh, scrape mash onto the side of the plate. Completely <laughs> unnecessary, or or is it, Owen? Well, there is an argument. There is a theory out there which suggests it's to keep the liquor on the plate. I suppose you're coming from kind of you're seeing it as a structure, aren't you? Yeah. Even a <laughs> nil, <laughs> you're seeing <laughs> architectural terms. <laughs> aren't you? Yeah. I can't turn it off. It's just uh, <laughs> that's how I view the world. It's like the Terminator's vision, but. Just in terms of structure and building, but even the, the liquor doesn't have any flavour, does it? I don't understand. Yeah, it's pretty flavourless. I would say I'd pref- I would uh, favour almonds over uh, Manzies, not by much, but I would say I enjoyed that slightly more. I was a little bit nervous about the liquor, um, not being a, not really. I haven't really tried it before. I wouldn't say, uh, so I didn't know what that was going to entail. Yeah, well, you never get it. You wouldn't get it anywhere else. It's no. not like it does. There's no crossover. It's not like ketchup. Yeah, yeah. You have yeah, on yeah. any meal. But yeah, it's just kind of a. What is it made from? I don't know. It's quite. Um, Viscous, isn't it? Like what, sorry? Viscous. Sort of thick. Sort of thick. Sort of thick sort okay, right. Yeah. Cut that out of there, don't <laughs> <laughs> It's quite viscous. <laughs> <laughs> the most famous vessel, possibly even more famous than Great Harry, well, definitely more famous than Great Harry, doesn't get launched to 1820. Uh, what would you ha- hazard a guess at another famous vessel? The Mayflower. No. Nope. The Windrush. The Titanic. 
at Titanic went out of Ireland, didn't it? Went out of Belfast. Windrush came from Jamaica. And yeah. the Mayflower launched from... I know we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. Sorry, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, I, I have to guess another famous boat. Yeah. Um, this isn't a trick question. When I say... Is it that boat from... Um, the speedboat from James Bond? <laughs> the world is not enough. Bond, it's not ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Beagle. Snoopy. <laughs> After that, arguably, the only other claim to any sort of prominence that Woolwich can have is in 1974 when, and this is pretty major, the first McDonald's in the United Kingdom opens up on Woolwich High Street. Because Woolwich is determined by the McDonald's Corporation to be the most average place in Britain. And they mean that in the nicest possible way. They're like, if you want to get a read on what your average Brit is up to, go to Woolwich. On my birthday, right? This was just before we met because I had my uh, snapped ankle ligaments. And uh, I couldn't walk for two weeks. I literally could not walk. And on my birthday, I went to see um, Peckinpah Double Bill at the uh, BFI. And I went on crutches. The kids just had to stop me going because it was raining. And like I was going on the bus and I just had like a, one sock on and one shoe. And I was going down, the, <laughs> down this slippery road. But I'd already paid for the ticket, so I wanted to see like Peckinpah's uh, Noon Wine, which you just can't get anywhere. It was like a videotape transfer they, they put on some uh, Jason Robards TV play. And uh, anyway, went to the BFI, right? It was just horrendous. Getting from the bus stop to the beer, to the National Film Theatre bit was just the most... Well, the thing is, that particular sort of block is... Almost impossible to navigate. It is, even with both legs, yeah. yeah. It's just all concrete stairs, isn't it, essentially? Yeah, and I ended up getting down it. Slippery concrete stairs. I'm sweating as well, right? It's it's like January the 12th, and I'm sweating in the Mm. freezing cold. And I walked into the BFI, yeah, went up in that tiny little lift. And then I walked into the bar, and she was sitting there, having a little meeting. And I was, uh, I told the kids it was the best birthday ever. (laughs) I appreciate that. If I'd have known that they had the other half of his brain there, I wouldn't have bothered uh, the trip I went on on Saturday, Steve. Yeah, I went to the Hunterian Museum uh, in Lincoln's Infields in the uh, Royal College of Surgeons. And it's the polar opposite of the Science Museum. Um, One of the most overwhelming experiences I've ever had in my life. I felt physically sick in there. Like, you go in and it's it's just jars and jars and jars filled with, like, baby fetuses and, like, um... Baby fetuses. Say again. <laughs> Fetus skeletons. Like stillborn babies in formaldehyde, however that word's pronounced. Is that a die cast um, baby vein? Oh, I love horrible. And like there's this big swollen foot in a jar, like dolphin intestine. It's just so much of it. Like these tiny little kangaroos and stuff. Horrible. Just where, where, wherever I was going, it just felt so ill. Um, there's an ear operation on TV. <laughs> but yeah, so we went around the whole place. And it's free to get in. Right? I do highly recommend it. As a matter of fact, I did, it was horrible. It was, it's like amazing. It's open Tuesdays to Saturdays, 10 to 5. But yeah, I went up to the... Uh, I couldn't find uh, Babbage's brain. So I went up to the guy at the, uh, at the information desk. 
and he didn't know he's got on the phone he's like Maria do you know where Charles Babbage's is brain is <laughs> and it turns out I was on loan at the uh, welcome collection the oh. brain exhibition is he the only person that donated their brain because in Science Museum, I think it's the only brain that I've seen next to someone's invention. He, he wrote a letter before he died saying, I'm, um, dear science or whatever, I'm donating my brain to do what you want dear with it. Science. Just quickly, dear science. Yeah. Well, you know, he didn't, it was, there was no Science Museum then, was there? We so. just quickly outlined that he definitely didn't write a letter that opens, dear, dear science. science, how are you? I'll, I am dead. Obviously <laughs> didn't, but you know. Um, so yeah, half of it ended up there. I presume I don't know what I didn't know what had happened to them. Then part they just at that sliced point. it up for share. But yeah, so I went to um, the welcome collection. Oh, they also had a clockwork surgical saw in the Hunterian. Didn't catch on apparently. You couldn't regulate the speed of it. There's <laughs> just these horrible in- implements that just make you you know. How would you describe your flat, Steve? Flats the block. The block. Uh, it's a 1930s build. Really nice, isn't it? Yeah, very nice. It's still got a lot outside. of uh, original features, like the, the actual lettering for the block is sort of Art Deco styled. I've got a Bakelite intercom. It doesn't work, but uh, when I... When I uh, but visually it's... Uh, oh, it looks amazing. Yeah, when I walked into the flat and I saw the Bakelite thing, I was like, I don't really care about anything else. I'm pretty much... I'll take it. Yeah. But then the bathroom was nice. I mean, that's the thing for me. Well, Dalmatian tiles, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> Those tiles stay. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's a very basic style though. You sort of it's essentially one long hallway. To the left as you go in first, you've got the kitchen, opens up into the front room, another little hallway, bathroom to the left and then bedroom to the end. Where the magic happens. Where the magic happens. A lot of conjuring, some card tricks. So. That's good. I laughed when Steve said that to me the first time. <laughs> Pocket well, well, conjuring. He was just relieved that I wasn't taking my Take me in there. <laughs> 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 I took the blindfold off and said so. <laughs> Ta da. <laughs> they've got this they're this but then they've also given them little uh, taglines underneath which doesn't do anything to enhance he shoots he scores Steve Walsh that sort of thing but worse so what we could probably do is um, I'll give you the name of the economist so you can have a guess at what their tagline was how about that how will we know because it's based on obvious puns if I give you one oh, example right. I'll give you one yeah, example yeah, yeah. So there's a woman called Christina Carty 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 C-A-R-T-Y um, unstoppable sex machine. <laughs> Christina Carty, the unstoppable sex machine, would be a lot better. Would be a lot better. Um, Christina Carty, go Carty, with an exclamation mark at the end. Did she cover sport? No, she. They all write on just general subjects, so there's no relation. Uh, to, actually, there? there's one guy the whose tagline just to amuse you, just to amuse you. So you go Christina, go Carty. That's rubbish. Terrible, isn't it? Mm, barely, uh, don't scan. Dominic Canty. I'm not allowed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed I, to guess. It's something like, but he can. Bang. Canty, question mark. Yes, he can. Exclamation Can't mark. Canty not. Canty, uh, yes, he can. You better say around it with panties. <laughs> <laughs> We'd all throw that. This, this one's actually quite inventive. It's still not good, but it's quite a minute. Julian Cambridge. Um, Sam at Oxford. Boat race. Take a punt on Cambridge. So, yeah, it's those boats they have I know, in Cambridge. Take a punt on Cambridge. Yeah. Really. Yeah, we did, I mean, I it barely scans. You might as well just not do this bit. Actually, this is a good one. Mary Therese Dobbin. Mother Therese, is that what it's like? No. Uh, well, Mary, Mary Ma- Therese Dobbin. Yeah. Dib, dob. Dib, 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 dob. 
What's popping with Dobby? <laughs> <laughs> That's not even right. <laughs> it's so. How could you leave it on the table? It's such a good uh, phrase. I've got to complain about this. Do they have on their site? You can comment. You can. What's popping with Dobby? I think your your um, your challenges when you put up the list of who've been in the podcast. We've all got a hashtag. We've all got a hashtag. Yeah, no, yeah. Jack, because you'll be horrible. Yeah, Lakeisha Russell can't knock the Russell. Not Russell, I'm McEnroy. Do you not remember? Lack Mac likes this. <laughs> Jackie Boy Master should mind a plaster. All right, let's not get personal. <laughs> to be fair, to make it uh, scan Ruby a little more. Stevie, big fat To make it scan a little more. To get Poppin and Dobbin to work a bit better. They dropped the G from popping and put an apostrophe. So I assume that. Make it a little more dynamic as well, which is nice. Well, we don't have one for Annie, though. Annie Tim's Tim's. a clock. You said Annie Timberlake. <laughs> Tim's a clock, that's yeah, Tim, good, Tim yeah. Steve Nelson, Paul Nelson. Oh, boring. don't tell us. Well, no, but it's a bit boring, isn't it? Yeah, we might have got it. We oh, okay. gone for, uh... Well, actually, this is a good one. Nick F. Grave. And what you need Whoa, to know F. Grave. Nick F. Grave. But what you need to I know just is... How do you spell F. Grave? E.F. Grave. E-P-H... Grave. Grave, yeah. Um, Nick F. Grave, what you need to know is he's a, a serving police officer and his column is about the police. PC gone mad. <laughs> the police. <laughs> F the police. E-P-H the police. <laughs> From the cradle to the F grave. <laughs> Nick, Nick, in the Nick. You read Nick's, that. Your Nick's. Your Nick's. Jack, you read that. I, I didn't read it. It's like yes, upside down. It's upside down in my handwriting. It's it says unreadable. your Nick. Um, but it's also. Brackets on... police. That's <laughs> 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 to remind me that he's the police guy. Um, but also on the site where they've written your Nicked, it's your, correctly spelled, but Nicked, N I C K dash ed just to emphasize that they used his name that's where they got it from that's it's not out of nowhere then there's a couple there's a few that are a bit rubbish no it will tell us the names they're all rubbish but i mean these are these don't even there's no there's we can cut it out it's not good isn't it yeah uh janan fuller you're nan fuller (laughs) (laughs) is that what you said uh janan what's janan that's your name spell it out steve uh j-u-n-a-n-e janan it's not. It's not a pun. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What is it? Just juju. What? Juju. Juju. Yeah. As in, as in, oh, yeah. I, I was at Abbey National in uh, Peckham uh, last week um, because my bank card got taken by the machine <laughs> in Notting Hill. No, not Notting Hill. In uh, South Kensington. South Kensington. He did. He did have money. We didn't have time, Annie. He had money. I did mention you though. I said, "Oh, Annie." And he probably won't be working the bank holiday, we said. Oh, I wasn't working the bank holiday, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I went in there, and this guy, he just starts asking me all these personal questions, the bank manager at Abbey, yeah. And he takes me upstairs, so I'm like an upstairs room. To, to his bedroom. To his bedroom, <laughs> yeah. Take your clothes off. Um, That's where magic happens. Yeah, mostly uh, juju. <laughs> He's not juju, juju. Juju. Yeah. He's Ivorian, the guy, yeah. And he's given me, like, five grounds worth of new credit cards, yeah. And he goes, uh, all African people believe in juju. Yeah, yeah, I believe in juju. <laughs> 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 I, I, I was like, all right, yeah. And when he, stopped, he said, yeah, yeah, had you discreet at any point? <laughs> no, I've never chanced. He didn't put on him. <laughs> <laughs> he was telling me about um, Jibril Cisse, who's played for Liverpool. And he's telling me, how he, he said he's not Ivorian, he's, he's from Guinea. Okay. Yeah. 
because um, like his parents were from there, right, and he yeah. broke his leg, and he's broke his leg like three times since yeah, because yeah. of that. And it's like, yeah, juju. Uh, Jesse Quirosh. Quirosh for the skate, gosh. Quirosh as folk. Yeah, I think they because like, <laughs> yeah, they, had to, they had to sort of leave that whole. Yeah. Side What's of the it. first name? Uh, Jesse. You big Jesse. <laughs> big, big Jesse has his say. Is is so, the tagline? So kind of. Um, that's even worse. But this one, this one's the latest one. Is it Jesse just another word for queer? <laughs> <laughs> we can cut that going. Yeah, you might have okay, to. Top of the show. Top of the show. Oh, that's right. what we're over with. That that's the best tagline ever. Is Jesse just, just another out. word for queer? <laughs> I have a feeling this man is gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Big Jesse has his um, Sarah James Cyrus. This is the laziest one of all. Uh, Sarah James Smith. No, I've got nothing for that. Sarah says. Yeah, it's a column. Oh, you got it. Says. I'd rather have a rubbish one. Exactly, at least make an effort, innit? But they, they, they're not even all worse. There's two guys, Phil McCabe and Joe Madonna, who, they, they, I don't know if they're scared of what could happen or they can't think of anything good, but Phil McCabe's tagline is Forum for Private Business. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be serious at that point, yeah. you? Joe Madonna, uh, Southside Chamber of Commerce. So, so That's the name yeah. of his hip-hop collective, though, <laughs> What would you do if you were American? Probably put this on the radio. <laughs> you got my vote. 